Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today, we have an exciting show for investors as we will be discussing how to identify new discovery plays. Joining me today is one of Rick Rule's hand-picked investment executives, Steve Todoruk of Sprott Global Resource Investments, which is the preeminent name in the natural resource space. Steve, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Maurice, and thanks for having me. Steve, before we begin today's discussion, please share with investors your background and your unique niche-specific skill set that you offer for investors at Sprott Global Resource Investments. Well, I'm from Canada, from Vancouver, and I went to university uh, to study geology. And uh, after graduating, I, I worked in the field for several mining companies, uh, big companies like Newmont and, and others, and then Juniors. Um, was uh, an owner in a mining exploration consulting firm. We did exploration work for other mining companies that didn't have geologists. And then uh, that led me to getting involved in running my own uh, junior mining exploration companies. Uh, as president of two exploration companies for about 12 or 13 years and uh, acquired properties around the world and raised money to fund drilling and whatnot. And then uh, about 13 years ago, I guess now, uh, Rick Rule asked me if I'd consider leaving those roles and, and move down to California and work for, a, for him as a stockbroker to help pick gold mining stocks for my clients, um, uh, figuring and, and hoping that uh, my experience would help you know, pick good, good mining stocks and keep clients away from the bad ones. Mm -hmm. um, so wore a number of hats in the industry and, and hopefully that helps uh, my clients or investors uh, invest their money efficiently. Well, that's quite an impressive uh, resume, I must say. Um, you know, Steve, we're delighted to have you on today's show. You have a proven pedigree of identifying promising new discovery plays time and time again. So I know investors want to grab a pen and paper and take notes. Um, I'd like to begin today's show with an article you published that I thought was aptly entitled A Healthier Gold Mining Industry, where you identified some significant developments that are taking place in the sector. What inspired you to publish this piece now? Well, everybody's obviously uh, fairly excited and happy to see uh, things improving and share prices going up uh, for the start of the year after the horrific uh, four-year bear market that we've had, which I'll say is definitely the worst that I've experienced in my 40 years in, in the industry. Um, so I, I just thought it'd be timely to sort of um, give my thoughts as to part of the reason why I think uh, stocks are doing so well. Um, going back several years, uh, a lot of the big mining companies, when metal prices were high, got all excited and, and were making expensive acquisitions via takeovers and whatnot, building new mines and and uh, the, the catch was a, a part of the, the formula that didn't work out as, as gold went to $1,900 an ounce. Uh, cost of production continued climbing and spiraling out of control as well. So even, even though we had high metal prices, mining companies weren't making a lot of extra money. And then the house of cards started to fall apart and uh, metal prices dropped very quickly. But the, the cost of mining stayed up, up quite high for a number of years. So it really created, created quite a dilemma uh, and, and some ugly situations for the big miners that uh, led them to start uh, slashing uh, uh, costs wherever they could, laying off all their geologists, um, you know, slashing to totally uh, eliminating exploration, looking for new deposits for, for their future growth, um, laying off employees and head offices, just everything. They're doing whatever they could. And... Uh, uh, share their share prices were you know just hammered. Barrick, for example, I think was Barrick Gold, the biggest gold mining company in the world. I think was fifty-two dollars a share. 
and they fell all the way to a low of about six dollars last fall. They were the you know the, the dirtiest and most hated word in the gold mining industry, if you want. And uh, along the way, they you know they along with everyone else is trying to you know pay down their debt. And uh, after you know a year and a half, two years of doing that, costs started to come down. You know one of the big the second biggest cost in mining are fuel costs at a mine. And with oil dropping from $100 a barrel down to $30, and now it's $50, um, that, that was another big saving for the company. So it was timely. Copper prices come down. Uh, you know, copper for copper wiring used at mines, that, that's another big saving. So all the costs were coming down. And with the cost cutting, the, the miners were starting to get their house in order uh, by the end of, you know, late to the end of last year. And then with gold starting to rise from 1,050 in January up to its high of 1,280, you know all uh, all that all that nice little rise in gold prices was basically going to the the bottom line financially. And after all that house cleaning, uh, investors liked that. It was a good combination. So now we're in a situation if if uh, costs stay somewhere around where they are right now with the current gold price, and if it goes up even a little bit more, most of the gold miners are quite healthy today. So then you start to get the trickle-down effect where um, uh, you're seeing the smaller gold miners uh, enjoying a, a similar situation. It's even trickling down to the exploration companies. And they were all but dead for the most part the last one or two years. No exploration companies were able to raise any money from investors because investors were paranoid uh, to you know, spend their money on, on anything called gold. Uh, but we've now seen that full trickle down, even little junior exploration companies that have nothing really, that were a penny or two pennies, they're up at five cents and, and investors want to finance them. Uh, so you're, you're seeing a, a lot of uh, companies that are financed. Uh, so hopefully that paves the way going into the future that we'll see more companies out there with more drills turning, trying to make those new discoveries. That was, that was basically the gist of the article. You know, as an investor, that sounds so enticing to me. And it's also the classic example of the cure for high prices is high prices and the cure for low prices is low prices. Well, it took four years. Those that yeah. stayed the course, uh, I think, are going to benefit here in the near future. As we noted earlier, your niche is identifying promising new discovery plays. Why have you dedicated your professional career to this endeavor? The role of every exploration company is to go out and, and make a brand new discovery, find a, a brand new deposit of gold or silver, uranium, iron ore, nickel, diamonds or iron ore. Um, that's the role of the expert with the company one day announcing they just made a brand new discovery. It usually means they've drilled, a, they've gone out to their mining property, they've generated targets and, and they're drill testing them, hoping to you know get that first good hole. If they do, that's the discovery drill hole. And then the, 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 the game plan for the next two to three years is to move the drill over and try and keep growing it bigger and bigger. And if they're doing that, the, the asset or the deposit get more and more valuable. You usually see the share price go higher and higher as that deposit gets bigger and bigger. Um, in, in the article I just wrote that you're referring to, I highlighted in there that we've just had two of those success stories come to culmination. Reservoir Minerals and Kamenak Gold three to five years ago made brand new discoveries and they were able to successfully grow them into big deposit. And in each of these cases, uh, bigger companies came along and took them over. So that's your discovery, your classic discovery play from, from start to finish. Steve, share with the audience some of the returns that you and your clients have experienced in the past. 
Well, I had a, I had a lot of clients in both Reservoir and Kamenak in, in the case of uh, Reservoir Minerals, I think it was about three and a half years ago, um, when they when they announced that first good drill hole, within a couple of days, the stock went from 55 cents to a dollar, and that's the typical reaction, a sharp spike up. You know, on that announcement, I, I, I can see, okay, there it is, that's the drill hole I'm looking for, and I, and I started recommending my clients get into it at right around one dollar a share. Most of my clients were in before two dollars a share, and uh, I think right now they're trading at eight dollars and seventy-five cents. Um, they were offered a little over nine dollars in their takeover. So there's there's one play that's kind of hot off the press from a dollar to nine dollars. Um, Reservoir owned thirty percent of that project, and we've seen that kind of share price appreciation. If they would have owned a hundred percent of that project and made the same discovery, the stock would have done you know call it three to four times better than that. Uh, going back to 2006. A very well-known example of one of these type of discovery plays was a little company called Aurelian Resources uh, out of Toronto. Uh, they had a property in Ecuador, and uh, they one day they announced a, a, a brand new uh, discovery. The stock literally went from $0.50 cents to $3 in about two days on that announcement. And by the time I talked to the president of the company, did some due diligence, said, okay, I'm comfortable recommending that to my clients. Um, I strongly recommended that we get in at $3.00. Uh, for you know, a few of my clients said, Steve, it was, the stock just went from 50 cents to three dollars. Why didn't we get in? As I didn't know they were going to make the discovery, but now I'm telling you, this is really good looking. If uh, if there's going to be a big deposit here, that's just the first drill hole. It'll take them two to three years to to drill this thing and find out how big and valuable it is. Two years later, Kinross Gold took them over 34 dollars a share. That was a home run. <laughs> yes, you know, they a real a really owned 100 percent. Um, ideally, if I had a crystal ball, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd be able to guess which junior is going to be able to make the next discovery, but you can't do that. There's always somebody in the stock earlier on, they're backing friends or family or, you know, the, the guy running the company. Uh, they're, they're, they're helping to finance that company in seed financings or early on financings. You know, they got lucky. You know, the surest way to increase your chances in this game is wait for the discovery drill hole. If you're going to try doing this time after time after time, there's no better way, I think it's a proven fact, than wait for that that good discovery drill hole and uh, sit back and wait. You know, a general rule of thumb is that in the case of Aurelian and the case of Reservoir Minerals, both drill holes were big holes. They were really wide and very good grades. You tend to drill those those kind of big holes in the middle of big deposits, not in small deposits. Well, again, thank you for your veracity because, uh, you know, there there is some uh, opportunities that sometimes don't um, come to fruition. And so I'm glad you shared the, the history behind how this all works out. You know, uh, I'd also like for you to share with listeners some of the criteria that you look for in a new discovery play. And why is that criteria so important? Well, kind of what I just mentioned there, you know, I've got a couple of rules of thumb. Um that if a company makes a brand new discovery, you know, what defines big in my mind? Well, I kind of see, I want to see a, a drill. If it's an open pit target, I want to see a drill hole at least at least 150 meters wide of ideally over one and a half grams per ton. And ideally it's better than that. I'd love to see a first hole that's 350 meters wide of two grams or two and a half grams, but that's harder to get. You can still, you know, if you've got something that's 150 to 200 meters wide and it's going to, you know, give you one and a half gram grades on average, you probably have a nice multi-million ounce gold deposit. All right, um, and, 
and if I may just uh, slightly interrupt here, now the, the grams per ton that you were referring to was, was specific to gold. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, for gold. You know, there's similar criteria for silver deposit or for copper deposit. For copper deposit, in the case of reservoir minerals, um, you know, they're – the, the part there's a saying in the mining industry the best place to look for a new mine or a new deposit right in your known mine that's why reservoir went over to serbia there's a big copper mining complex it's been mining copper there for a hundred years called the bore mining club complex b-o-r and uh, there there's really high grade smaller deposits and, and much bigger copper deposits so i said i knew that i knew reservoir very well and, and i knew they were starting to drill there and I, I basically said if they ever show me a drill hole that's 150 meters wide of better than 1% copper equivalent, I'm in. Well, that's what they did. I think that first drill hole was close to 200 meters wide, just around 1% copper equivalent. And I didn't know what, what laid ahead, but they went on to drill remarkable holes, some absolutely fabulous, really high-grade holes of copper and gold. Well, you know, I have to thank you as well. I, uh, You and I have had discussions offline, and you made me aware of Reservoir Minerals, and I did my due diligence on that, and I took part of this growth that has been uh, going on here in the last month with, with Reservoir. So thank you. <laughs> um, no problem. Steve, for investors, there are literally hundreds of exploration companies throughout the world. And although you may wish to deploy capital in these companies, you may be surprised at the restrictions by traditional brokerage firms. By that, I'm referring to OTC, which are over-the-counter pink sheets. Can you expand on this and why this is not a concern for your clients at Sprott Global Resource Investments? Yes, over the years, uh, quite a while ago, Rick, Rick Rule, my boss, uh, recognized that problem and uh, realized you know, and, and knew the best place to buy your stocks is in the most liquid markets possible. Uh, so he didn't want to be able to and restricted just buying in, in the U.S. in the OTC pink sheets. Uh, so we, we've set up business relationships that allow us to very easily buy in the Canadian markets or in Australian markets or, or other foreign markets. Awesome. Now, last question for you, sir. What did I forget to ask? Ooh, geez. We could talk all day. It just depends on what you <laughs> want to talk about. Um, it's exciting times. Um, you know, I, I think we touched on a few basics. There, there's other strategies that investors use in, in this space. It really comes down to the individual. Do you, you know, are you knowledgeable in this space or do you have someone that can help you? I, I personally um, would like to have, you know, someone that, that knows what they're talking about, that's very familiar with the space. I always sort of say, that if I wanted to buy biotech stocks, I sure want to be talking to somebody who knows something about biotech, not just, you know, chatting away or making recommendations. So that's that's our specialization. Uh, if anybody would like any help, feel free to contact me. Now, I understand that you will be offering a complimentary portfolio review for our listeners. Yes, I'm always happy to do that. If you send me your list of stocks or call me up, I'm more than happy to go over them. And what will be the contact for that, sir? Um, you could email me at uh, stoderick at sprottglobal.com. I think you're going to give that. And my phone number is 1-800-477-7853. All right. And for our listeners, we ask that you please put in proven and probable in the subject line. This will allow Steve to uh, streamline the emails a lot faster. Steve Todorok of Sprott Global Resource Investments, thank you so much for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thanks, Maurice. All the best to you, sir. Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.